Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, We're going to start with a different portion of the Word of God today. We're going to pick up 2 Peter and you say, well, pick up Second Peter. What do you mean? We actually went through First Peter many, many, many episodes ago. <laughs> okay. I don't even know how many, about 100 episodes ago, 150 episodes ago. And uh, we didn't go into First Peter. I think we went into Jude out of that because of some things that were said. So I thought we'd go back and pick up Second Peter. Uh, obviously, Simon Peter is the one who wrote this. And so let's look at it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Simon Peter a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And I love that declaration from the very beginning. Peter is letting them know who's writing. You know, nowadays when we write letters, those rare times, we will uh, say hi to somebody, and then we don't really announce and sign off who we are until the end of the letter, which is really sort of strange. Now, most of the time people will look to the end, or they'll look on the envelope, and they know who the letter is from. But in the uh, tradition that we see here in the New Testament, quite often at the beginning they say who it is. So he calls himself Simon Peter by uh, both his names. The name Simon, uh, which was his earthly name, and then the name Peter that uh, Jesus gave him, the idea of the rock. And he describes himself as a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter is one of, uh, I think, most of our favorite uh, personages and characters within the Scripture because there's so much of each one of us in that we see in Peter, you know, his impetuousness, his foot and mouth disease, <laughs> you know, how he would say things and proclaim things, uh, uh, just rambunctious and zealous, uh, you know, so willing and so desirous of doing the right things and yet so readily doing the wrong thing. You know, looking at Jesus and literally saying, when Jesus says, you're going to deny me, literally saying no. So what? He's calling Jesus a liar. Then Jesus says, you know, before the cock crows, uh, in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. And so Peter uh, is now uh, of the mindset that he realizes, wait a minute, I'm, I'm just a bond servant of the Lord. Okay, just a bond servant of the Lord. And I'm an apostle, one sent forth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then he tells us who he's writing to. He says, uh, Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's writing to other believers, and he's saying, you've received the faith the same kind as ours. In other words, I'm not some super-duper apostle. I'm not somebody that has a, a, a super faith that you don't have. We all have the same faith. And he says that faith, that same kind, is by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the right doing, by the holiness of the Lord himself. And then he speaks a blessing over them, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then the next verse carries on the sentence, but just think about this. He's saying the same thing that we see with Paul when he writes. He's speaking grace upon them. They had experienced the grace of God. We as believers have experienced the grace of God, but we would do so well to continue speaking forth that grace upon one another. You know, I think if we were to speak forth the grace and peace and we say, be multiplied to you, if we declare that, because there's power, folks, in the spoken word. If we said, grace and peace be multiplied to you, 
I think that would bring down the walls of divisions. That would bring down the argumentative and defensive nature of so many within the body of Christ. If we just spoke forth that grace, if we spoke forth the peace that is only found in the Lord Jesus, and not only speaking it forth, but to declare it to be multiplied to you. So grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's talking about knowing God, not just knowledge for the sake of knowing something to say, oh, I'm a, a walking the source of spiritual information. No, 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 no. But to where we will know God and that we will know the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. A lot of pronouns right there. You catch what's being said. He says it is the divine power of the Most High who has granted to us something. What has he granted? You know, it says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. For the true believer, one who's been saved and the Lord indwells within him, the Holy Spirit's within him, we have been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. There is nothing lacking. You know, so often, and and honestly, this is done sincerely and it's done ignorantly. Ignorantly simply means without learning, without understanding. But so often you'll hear people sing songs. Okay, Quite often the music's like this, the songs that sing songs that's asking God to do something, asking God to do something, asking God to do something, which he's already done. So often you'll hear us pray or you'll hear us cry out to the Lord, asking God to do something, do something, which he's already done. And just, just sort of listen to what we say. Listen to how we pray and, and line it up with this. Is it something that God has already granted to us? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, if you're speaking from a quote-unquote spiritual perspective, a lot of times people will readily receive this. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm saved, so I know that I have everything uh, that I'm going to get related to life and godliness, and it's like it's a... Uh, a half-empty glass or something. No, that's not what's being said at all. It is speaking of the life that we have in the Lord. It is speaking of the fact of that godliness. This is one of the verses that verifies, you know, when the Lord says to be holy for I'm holy, to walk in a godly way, and people will come along, well, yeah, I know we're supposed to do that, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. I know I'm always going to sin. Well, that's wrong. You don't have to sin. You choose to sin. And one of the ways that we choose to sin is to sit there and say, well, I'm a sinner, so I'm going to... I'm, I'm just going to sin, so there's nothing I can do about it. Right here it says there is something you do because everything pertaining to life and godliness has been granted to you. Everything pertaining to the life he's granted and to godliness, to holiness, the ability to live and not sin has been granted to us. It's granted. We didn't earn it. We didn't whip it up. When you're saved, it's his divine power that resides within us and grants that to us. Now, then there's also the natural element of this uh, the pertaining to life. I think that uh, everything pertaining to our life has been granted. Uh, you know, do you need food? I think it's been granted. Do you need somewhere to live? I think it's been, it's been granted. I know there's people right now sort of waiting to find out, okay, where are we going to live next? You know, but the Lord has promised us. Remember the promises of the Lord. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, why are you worrying fret over this kind of stuff? And the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, y'all know that. 
And But he's reminding these people that by God's divine power, this has been granted to you. Everything you need pertaining to this life and this godliness has, is already there. So we don't need to go and petition and act like God's withholding something from us and he hasn't given us everything that we need. He has given us everything we need. How? Well, the rest of the verse. Verse 3 of Second uh, Peter 1. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So you notice he's talking about knowledge again. He started off with it in chapter uh, verse 2. He says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And now he's saying through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And so you see God the Father and God the Son working together right here to call us by his glory and his excellence. So it's the divine power and his glory and his excellence that has granted to us, folks, everything pertaining to life and godliness. We lack nothing. Then why do we not live in it? Why do we live such powerless lives? Because we choose to listen to the lies of the evil one. We choose to listen to the lies of our own creation. We choose to deny this divine power and say, oh, well, yeah, that might have been for the first century, but it's not for us today. Be real careful when you hear people saying things like that. The Lord has granted us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Let us decide to appropriate it and live within it. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.